Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. One of Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew 25, 24, actually, the Lord was speaking about everything that was going to come about at the end of time and the end of the world. And they said, Master, how, how can we know that these things would be here? What is it? What are the signs? What are we going to be looking for? And the first thing that he told them, he said, be not deceived. He said, be not deceived. Because our, our, our adversary is the master of deception. Amen. And he said, don't be deceived during those times, the times of the end time. And so we need to be alert. But at the same time, we got to help others to see the truth. Amen. To help others see the truth. And so we love the Lord. Amen. Tonight, uh, if you'll remain standing here this evening, we're going to go to the word of the Lord here this evening. Amen. And we're thankful for uh, Brother James Malone tonight. Amen. We're thankful for the years that he has been uh, here with us. And we're grateful for him. The A few weeks ago, he was gone due to just a, a personal trip and such. And uh, we were talking, I was talking really back in leadership prayer before church and said that I missed him and not just him, but also the things that he just contributes to around here from by service to service, uh, you know, leading us many times opening service and taking us to the Lord in prayer for people in need of it and, and offering and all those things that, you know, just being on the opposite side of that say, man, that's not very much, but it is, it really is. It's a very integral role, amen, and placement within our services. And I appreciate, amen, his willingness to do that service after service after service. But he's going to come here tonight and he's going to uh, speak to us what the Lord has laid upon his heart, amen. And we're glad that each one of you are here, glad for our guests that are here tonight, amen, as well. Amen. Let's just give an attention, if you will, tonight to the word. Amen. Can we clap a hand unto the Lord tonight as Brother Malone comes this evening? And let's thank God. Amen for him tonight. Amen. So, I tell you what, it's just really good uh, to have those song throwbacks. I know we kind of talked about it this morning. And I tell you what, they just carried on in it. And I'm I'm good with it. They just uh, bring back some memories. And the <clears throat> pastor said, well, you know, when I'm not. When I don't have to minister, I can be a little bit more like liberal, I guess. So he's able to, he was able to get up here and sing. And it, was, it was very good to see him back up here again and able to do that. Um, <clears throat> of course, when I always come to this pulpit, I always want to give honor to Pastor, um, whether he's here or not, which more often than not, he's usually not here. But uh, when he asked me to minister tonight, he said, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be there. So I don't know if maybe he heard my last time and he's like, you know what? I'm going to make you do it while I'm there this time. But uh, he's here, and he doesn't have to listen to it on podcast or anything. Gets to hear it live. Amen. And I appreciate everything that he does for me um, because he gets me out of my comfort zone. This, I'm going to be honest with you, this is out of my comfort zone. You guys know me. You guys know I like to talk. But when, it, when everyone's just staring at me and I have to do all the talking and we don't get to conversate back and forth, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit like out of my comfort zone. And not only that, it's just ministering the word, which takes on a whole new like fear for me. But, uh, but I appreciate Pastor and I. And I've always said, and I've told Brother Zach this the other night, that anytime Pastor asks me to do it, I'm going to say yes. I don't know. It's because I know that there's a reason that he's asking me, especially even if he's here. That there's a reason that he's asking me, whether it's 
God speaking to him, telling me to do it, or is it just something that he feels that, all right, James, you've been a little bit lax, and I need you to do a little bit more. What, whatever he feels in his spirit, but uh, I appreciate him. I appreciate what he's doing. Of course, he, we talk about it. He does iron sharpens iron, and we just had it just this last Thursday, and and we don't get to have it every every month like we planned, but, but when we do get to have it, it is a, a, a vital uh, intricate thing for me because just this last time I was like pastor why couldn't we have this a couple weeks ago because it would have been a little bit more because just the information that he gave me kind of was very important for what I was getting ready to do today and of course I want to give honor of course to the rest of our ministry uh, Bishop is here tonight Sister McGee is here tonight love and appreciate them uh, I love seeing them here I know they hate missing here I know we said last time that the, the when they've been gone due to the 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 pain and not being able to be here and waiting on the surgery is the longest they've ever been out of church. And I know that they hate not being here and I appreciate them and the Masons and, and what they do. And like I said, bringing in the songs, brother Mason, I don't know if you know this. I know you've kind of like gotten back a little bit more on the singing, but when you sing, it just does something for my spirit. You just got a voice that just, I don't know, just brings back those old memories because when I first came here you were the only one singing <laughs> with a little bit of help but uh, it just brings back and I just love to hear you sing and I appreciate you for like and I know you told us your vocal cords are stripped but he's still getting up here singing and and I appreciate him for what he does that is a sacrifice sometimes sometimes we overlook it because it is a talent that some of us lack and, uh, and it may come easier for others, but it is a sacrifice to do what he does day in and day out. Uh, but I appreciate the ministry. I appreciate what they're doing for me and in my life. But uh, while I have you standing, we'll go ahead and go to the, the reading of the word and they'll let you sit and we'll see where we go tonight. But my uh, the scripture I want to start off with tonight is Ecclesiastes 3. And it's going to be 1 through 8. Um, and many of you have heard this. Uh, it's nothing new. But uh, it's a scripture that just kind of came to me and was something that um, God is just dealing with me with. And it says, script, uh, verse 1 says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. We know this. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which was planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Ecclesiastes here is telling us that there is a time for everything. There, if you read through everything that there's a time for, there's nothing in your life that there is not a season and a time for. And, and I want to minister just on this topic tonight, just a little longer. Just a little longer. Will you help me pray tonight? God, Lord, we love you. We praise you, God. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this service. God, for the sweet presence that I already feel in here. God, Lord, we just ask. God, that your hand would be upon this message, God. Lord, let it be anointed, God. Lord, remove any air from my lips, God. Lord, though it may come from a familiar voice to these people, but Lord, let it be your words that are spoken through me, Jesus. I thank you, God, for what you're doing and what you're going to do. And I'm going to give you all the glory that you so deserve. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated tonight. Just a little longer. 
is, is just the, the title that came to me. I often uh, talk and, and, you know, whenever I'm told to kind of come up with a message or, you know, I'm asked to minister, um, and I'm trying to think, well, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And, and he, like I said, he usually comes to me with a title, some little thought, and then I've just really kind of like got to expound on it. But um, this week, pastor came to me two weeks ago and asked me if I want to minister today. For me, that seems pretty rushed, but, but usually, you know, there's a problem. You know, it is. There's, 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 it's okay, but, uh, but for some reason, this time, nothing was wanting to come into my head. Like, it's like, okay, all right, there's no thoughts. There's no, like, I've, you know, jotted some stuff down. I didn't know if maybe I was going to have to go to the archives Break something else out. Be like, all right, I've already ministered. Let's let's brush the dust off of this. I didn't know what um, what I was needing to do, but uh, but I'm just all right. God, what do you want to do? And then this this uh, I guess it was started last Sunday. My car was just making a sound. It was making a sound. I tell you, and it did not sound good. I, I was in the parking lot, and I was I thought I knew what it was, so I was looking up a video right before service of how to fix it. And brother Mike was standing outside and. And uh, he heard my car, and I come walking in. He goes, what were you trying to do, start that thing? No, it was just running. It was, it was having issues. And, uh, and so I had Monday off of work. So I had Sunday. It was making noise. So I had Monday off of work. I was like, all right, we're going to see what this problem is. I thought it may have been an idler pulley for anyone that knows what that is. It's just, it's just something on the engine. Okay. And I looked up a video. It didn't look that hard to change. It was fine. Well... Okay, I had the day off, and I'm like, all right, we're going to work on this. Come to find out, it ended up being like a water pump, and so I get to looking at it, and now I've got to change the water pump. While I'm in there, I changed the idler pulley because it was bad too, and, you know, when a car gets a lot of miles, there's, there's stuff that's going to go bad on it, right? And so I changed the water pump. It was leaking everything. That was bad. Changed the idler pulley, and then while we're in there messing around, we look at the belt, the serpentine belt, which makes all those things go it was dry rotted. It was cracked. It had all kinds of issues. And, and I'm like, all right, all right, what, what else? You know, that's, that's the question we're not supposed to ask, right? But uh, I get to looking at that, and I'm thinking, man, that's a, that's, that, that belt was bad. Well, for many of you know, like Pastor just said, I had just gotten back over Thanksgiving from a trip to Texas. That's a 14-hour drive there and a 14-hour drive back. So that's, that's a long haul, right? And as I look at the issues that my car was having, like. Okay, that was just a blessing in itself, all right, that God made. God, I was able to get there, get back, nothing broke. That, that belt was just in bad shape, and, and I didn't have any issues with it. But given what was wrong with it, I'm surprised I didn't have any issues with it, right? And so we get those things changed on Monday. I had the day off work. It was great. I was able to do that stuff, get, get it changed. And then, when you know, Wednesday, my car just has a bad vibration in it. I'm like, what in the world is this? So it, it gets, and it kind of goes away. You go a certain mile per hour, and then it, like, it started to go away. I was like, all right, well, maybe it's fine. Well, Thursday, it had the same problem, and I, I was like, all right. I've had this vibration before when, I, when I've had the car before, and, and it ended up being a caliper locked up on the left-hand side. Well, I'm like, all right, I think I know what it is. I get to work. It, you know, it was vibrating, and it was having issues. I get to work, and I'm like, all right, I need to see, because, you know, if it's a caliper locking up, your wheel's going to be hot, and there's a lot of heat that's there, and there's been many a cars that have caught in fire because the brake is locked up. So, so I get down there, I start feeling around, I feel the left-hand side, and I'm like, that's the one I'd changed before. It's cold, it's good, nothing wrong there. I go over the right-hand side, I reach through the wheel to feel the heat. Man, I touch that rotor, and I burn my finger. 
that, that was, I had a locked up caliper. So when, you know, Thursday I get off work, I get to go to the auto parts store, get some more stuff, and, and I get to change out a, cal- a brake caliper, get it done real fast. It's, it's fine. I've done this before. It's no problem. But we can get in the mindset that it's really easy to get frustrated and get upset about when it rains, it pours. Right? Because that's what, that's what was happening to me, right? My car started having issues. Man, I thought it was one thing, then it was something else. And, and, and the first thing, it was going to be a cheap fix. Well, then the next thing was a little more expensive. And, you know, and then it just kind of snowballs from there. And then the brake locks up. And I'm like, man, you know, it's just, it can be easy. But, but I think it's all about perspective. Right? It's all about your perspective. I could get upset and I could get frustrated about my car having all these issues. Or I can look at it from a different direction. I, you know, like I said, I just got back from Texas. There was no issues. And then they all get that. They all issue snow pile. But I happened to have Monday off. Why did I have Monday off? Well, it was just a random day that I don't, if I don't use these days before the end of the year, I'm going to lose them. So I was like, all right, I'll just take this Monday off. Well, it just so happened I had taken this day off and I, I had this time to change the parts because once I get off work, then I wouldn't have time because it wasn't a quick, like five minute job. It was a pretty intense job. And so I had the day off to make repairs. And then, you know, Thursday, I was able to make that repair. I was able to get the part that the auto store, the auto parts stores had my parts. They had what I needed and it was fine. And I, this thing's still on, right? Still, okay. But uh, it had what I needed. And so I was able to make the repairs myself and I was able to do it myself. And if I look at it from that direction, that that's just a financial blessing because it had any of this went out while I was driving to Texas, I would have had a tow bill. Right. I would have to have be towed wherever I was. And if I was halfway between that's six hours one way, six hours another way, it just it could have been a whole lot worse. And then I would have had to pay a mechanic to fix it because I wouldn't have any tools. I wouldn't have any way of doing it myself. Right. So if I look at it that way, then it was a financial blessing because I didn't have to pay somebody else to do it. So I can look at it as, oh, man, when it rains, it pours all this, man, it's costing me money. But if I look at it the other way. Man, it could have cost me so much more. I could have had to have somebody else do this, right? But I'm thankful that I can have that mindset. But it's not always that easy. Because I can look at it now and I can think, oh, yeah, well, that's the mindset to have. And I can, I can do that. But, but it's not always that easy. Probably the worst thing that you can say to someone that is going through something or in the middle of a storm or in the middle of a trial is just a little longer. Who, who wants to hear that? I mean, seriously, nobody wants to hear that when you're in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a trial. Hey, just a little bit longer. I know that it's real dark. It's been raining for a long time. I know that you have all these issues in your life. I know that you're battling migraines, but just a little bit longer. I know, I know that you've been throwing up and now you're just dry heaving because you've got nothing left to throw up, but just a little bit longer. You know, if, I know you're in so much pain and you can barely even stand to walk or move, but just a little longer, okay? That's the worst thing that you can say to somebody because they don't want to hear it right there. Because you're not going through what they're going through. It's easy to say just a little longer when you're on the other side and everything is fine. We want the storm to end. We want everything to be good. We don't want to know just a little bit longer. We want to know exactly when it will end so we have something to look forward to. All right, we're looking at the 10-day forecast. All right, it's raining for the next three days, but in four days, we're going to have sunshine. We're going to have, a, we're going to have 80 degree weather. We want to look forward to something and just sleep through our pain, sleep through our trial, right? We don't know what, we don't want to know what else can go wrong. <laughs> 
right? Because in the midst of a trial and storm, in the midst of whatever it is you have going on, everything is going to go wrong. Nothing's going to go right. And, and we know that that's the one question that you never ask in the middle of a storm, in the middle of something is, what else can go wrong? Yeah. Just ask that in front of someone and they will let you know. And don't ask that question because you will find out. You, it's like praying for patience. You just It's something you don't do. That's, that's one of those things you learn real quick when you come around people that pray. It's like, don't pray for patience. I'm like, well, that sounds, you, they said pray for everything. No, no. You don't want to pray for patience because God is just going to give you an opportunity to work that patience. To, to, to try that patience, to get better and to have patience. That's, so that's something you don't, you don't want to do. It, it can become very easy to have a woe is me attitude. And feel like you're the only one going through whatever it is that you're going through. It's very easy. It's very easy to feel like nobody else knows because, um, because you don't feel like anyone else can relate. Right? Because a lot of times you, you'll get some people that are really open about their problems and they will share everything. But then, but the most of us, we don't want to share our problem. We don't want to share what's going on with us because we don't, you know, that's just the way we are. We don't want people to know that we're hurting, that we're going through something, that, you know, that we cry when we're by ourselves at night. Or we don't want them to know that, that we're vulnerable. We want people to think that we're strong. But I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. No matter what the adversary is going to tell you, no matter what you're facing right now, you are not alone. You are in this with other people. And just like not everyone knows what's going on in your life because you're not an oversharer, you don't know what everyone else is going through either. Because I think the majority of us don't want to burden somebody else with our problems. We think that our problems are just not that significant. And that there are others that have it worse than you do, right? I mean, I've probably said that, right? That I'm, I might be in the midst of something, but, but other, there's, people, there's people that's worse off than me. You know, I just have car problems. There's somebody else battling cancer. There's somebody else that's dealing with homelessness. There's somebody else that doesn't know where they're going to get their food from tonight. There's somebody else that is still looking for a job. There's somebody else. So my problems are not that small. We put a value on our problems because we think that somebody else has it so much worse. But that's how we think, not God. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we should never, never put limits on God based on our thoughts. Amen? We should never put limits on God based on our thoughts. Because his thoughts are higher than ours. What we're going to do is we're going to make our God look like a human to us. We're going to bring him down to humanity's standards and think that he doesn't have all the power that he has. That he can't do what he can do. That he can't heal us in the middle of our storm. That he can't take away the sickness in our life. That he can't heal a joint. That he can't do what it is that he can do. That we know that he can do. So... So uh, God cares about you specifically, right? We can't put limits on God. God cares about you specifically. How do I know this? How do I know that out of all these people in all the world, God cares about me specifically? Well, Matthew 10 and 30 tells me. It says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. My hairs are numbered. 
mine. Not yours. You don't know the number of hairs on my head, but God does. He knows all that. Now, I know we joke about this all the time, that some people are easier to count than others, right? I know we joke about that. But in all seriousness, in everybody over all the world, not just Mount Carmel, not just Illinois, not just the United States, but the entire world, that's billions of people that God knows every hair that is on their head. You specifically, God knows the hairs that are on your head. He cares about you. No matter what, no matter what the adversary is telling you, God cares about you. He knows you individually. Now, our opening scripture says that there is a season for everything. And we know that no season lasts forever, but some seasons last longer than others. Amen. Amen. Some seasons last longer than others. And I think here in a little bit, we'll find out why. When we're in good seasons, we're not worried about how long they last. Amen? How many, how many really enjoy the winter, the, the, these ice-cold temperatures that we have out here when your hands are freezing, your feet are freezing? No, nobody, nobody loves that? Oh, Dakota? Okay, you're, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I do not love it. I do not love freezing cold hands. I, I like to be able to feel my hands, and, and I've said it oftentimes, I'd rather be sweating than cold. So when summer's here, that's a good season for me. When summer's here, I'm not worried about how long it's going to last. I'm not worried about when it's going to end. I'm just enjoying the day. It might be 100 degrees outside, but I'll say, you know what? I'm going to enjoy it anyway because I don't like the cold. We're going to continue, right? So some seasons last forever. Some are better than others. And we're not worried about how long the good seasons last. But I tell you, when the difficult seasons come along, we get a little bit more, uh, uh, I guess, scrutiny on it. A little more worried about how long it's going to last. All right, how many more days? How long is this going to last? But, and it feels like it lasts forever, right? The, summer, the summertime feels like it goes by to, too fast. All of our seasons are relatively the same, three months apart, right? You know? And I tell you what, summer feels like it just goes so fast. And then winter just feels like it drags on. It's, that's our good season and that's our bad. That's my good season and my bad season. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret that God's timing is not our timing. We want it. We want everything on our time, right? We want the seasons to last as long as we want them to last. We want them to go when they when we're tired of them. But God's timing is not our timing. And he knows what is best for us, whether we know it or not. Isn't that what Isaiah just told us that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts? He knows what's best for us, even though we don't, because we are going to. You know, we will think with our heart, we will think with our mind, and we won't think with the Holy Ghost, which God has granted us. And that is the thing that we need to lead us. He knows what's best for us. But when I am going through a difficult season, and nothing seems to work, from, work in my favor, I'm always drawn to my man Job. Now, now, I don't know. I probably talk about Job a lot. I don't, I don't really know if I do or not because I don't go back and really listen to my messages. But I do know, I, I will say, because I was looking through my notes, last week, I, or not last week, um, last month, because I did this last month. Last month, I did mention Job, but I didn't go into depth, okay? So you guys get to hear more about him tonight. But when I'm going through a trial, when I'm going through trouble, I like to go to Job. Job is just somebody I like to turn to just because if you... Um, if you have not heard of Job, which I'm sure many of you have, especially if you've heard me, like I said, but if you have not heard Job, I, I encourage you to go and read the book of Job. I encourage you to read the whole Bible, 
But, uh, but I do encourage you to read the book of Job because I think when we're in the middle of a storm, when we're in the middle of a trial, I think every one of us can relate to Job. Now, we do not have it near as bad as Job. If you have it as bad as Job, I am so sorry. I am sorry for everything that you are going through. And, and I will pray with you and I will try to be a better friend than his friends were. You just, you just let me know and I will, I will pray for you. But, but Job was just a man living for God. We, we, read, we read about Job. He was a man living for God. The, the scripture says that um, he, he was in fear of God. He loved him. You know, and when, when it speaks in fear, it, that's not, and he was afraid of him, but it was in the respect, you know. And uh, he, had a, uh, he had an active prayer life. He did everything right. And he had a relationship with God. When you come to read Job, you, you, you will know that and you'll find out. Job was wealthy. He had a good family. He had farmland, men servants, maid servants. Job, if you think about it, Job had everything going for him. I mean, how could you not like have a relationship with the Lord, right? I mean, he's wealthy. He's got sons. He's got daughters. He's, you know, when we read about Job, he's been praying for his, his sons and daughters. This is how active of a prayer life he is. Because... In case his sons and daughters made a mistake, he's offering a sacrifice for his sons and daughters. Not just him, because he knows that he's living right. He knows that he's living And he wants that relationship with God. He has everything going for him. He has the, the camels. I mean, everyone's looking up to him. He's got the family, you know, whatever it is. But even though Job was faithful to God and he did everything right, he still experienced every kind of loss there is. Man, if you read, like I said, if you read through Job, them first two chapters is, man, it's full of stuff. And I mean, it starts to get into his friends and going back and forth with his friends and how they're just not so good. But that's something else. But but uh, the first two chapters of Job, you really hear about his life and you really hear about him. And, uh, and you find out that he was good. He was faithful. He was just. He did everything right. He did nothing wrong. And really, uh, and re the reason he went through a lot of this stuff is because God trusted and believed in him. Amen. So I, you might be going through a trial in your life, but don't think it's because you're doing something bad or you've got some sin against your life. God may be trusting you. The, we often say that he will never give you more than you can handle. He knows what you can handle, and he's working on you. Hallelujah. So he experienced every kind of loss there was. What did Job lose? Let's, let's just kind of give a little bit of a rundown on Job lost. This, this is how it all started. He's, you know, at first, he's living a great life. One day comes, and it's first he loses his oxen and his donkeys, and all the servants that were tending to them were all killed but one. All of his sheep had burned up when they said fire fell from heaven. All of his sheep and the servants that were tending to the sheep all burned up but one. <laughs> camels, his camels, I, I'm not laughing because this is terrible. But his camels were taking, taken, and all of the servants that took care of the camels were killed, but one. Then his seven sons, three daughters died, and, all, and they were having a big old party, and like they had friends and people and everything there, and everyone died there when the house collapsed, but one. And why was it just but one in all this? It was so that that one could go and tell Job about the tragedy that had just happened. And the scripture tells us that while one was speaking, <laughs> while they were in yet speaking, the next one came with the next sad story. And then while that one was speaking, the next one came with the next, sad, with the next tragedy. And then with the sons and daughters. I, I, I can't imagine. I, like, 
what would he doesn't even have time to mourn or comprehend the loss that has just taken place because he's being told about some other loss that he is experiencing. But what is Job's response to all of this? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Now it's not now it's not necessarily that simple. Because Job 1, 20 through 22, it doesn't just say, well, you know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. No. Job 1 and 20 and through 22 says, Then Job arose, rent his mantle, and shaved his head. We know that when people do that, they are in serious mourning. It is not something that they're just like, wake up one day and you know what? I need a new hairstyle and a new wardrobe. This is something that they did. Their culture was serious mourning that went on. He shaved his head. He fell down to the ground. But what did he do? He worshiped. That's amazing. That is something to be said about that. He continues and, and it says, and said, naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then verse 22 says, in all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Boy, oh boy, how hard would that be? To experience the amount of loss that he went through. I know that I've heard stories of people that lose a child or lose a loved one and they completely turn away from God because they blame God for letting something so tragic happen in their lives. Why could, why could a God of grace and a God of mercy and a God that loves me let this thing happen? They don't understand and they turn from God. But Job tells us that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. We will never understand it as we said in, in Isaiah. We'll never understand it because his thoughts are higher than his, our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. We will never understand it. So don't ever think that you can think with your human mind that you will understand God and why things are happening. So when somebody asks you, why is this bad thing happening in the world? I don't know, but God does. And I choose to believe in him because he has a plan and a purpose. And, and it's not for me to decide because I will not make the right decision. I will not know what's right but God knows what's right and I choose to believe that he has got a plan and a purpose hallelujah but he didn't stop there he lost everything and then it said in everything and he sinned not so that's everything that everything that's everything he has but we know that then Satan goes back and talks to God and, you know again is like you know what he lost everything but you know okay that's fine that's just worldly possession you take away his health and he's going to curse you in an instant Right? We know this. If you've, read the, if you've read the story, you know this. So then he lost his health. He had sore boils from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. It didn't matter if it was on the bottom of his foot, the back of his calf, his bottom side, his back, his head, his ears, whatever it was. He had sore boils all over. So bad that he was taking a, a, a tool that you would use for, I don't know what, but it's not for what he's using it for, trying to scrape them boils off. Could you imagine the pain that he is in that he's able to endure the scraping of the boils, the scrape, this pain that he's having to endure just because he thinks that he's going to get some relief from scraping with this. That is pain. That is hurting. But on top of, to top it all off, then his wife comes along. He's going through the hardest thing that probably anybody in their life ever has to go through. And the one person that is supposed to comfort him, that's supposed to love him, that's supposed to speak a word of encouragement into his life when he is down. That is supposed to lift him up when he can't do it anymore. His wife, his spouse, tells him to curse God and die. But still, 
Job did not sin. He wasn't going to listen to her. He wasn't going to trust in her. He says that she's as, as the other women that don't understand, that don't, they're just lacking faith. They don't believe. This is truly amazing. And there's something to be said about that, that, that woman that Satan left alone because he thought, Satan thought that he was doing a work by leaving this woman. And often, and, and I think the last time I talked about it, I said, you know, Satan got it right by leaving her because he, he, she spoke doubt into his life, told him to just curse God. But we'll find out that in the end, that, very, that same woman that Satan left alive birthed seven more, ten more children, seven more sons and three more daughters. And, and Job was able to have a blessed life because Satan didn't take that one thing. He thought he was causing a, a curse to Job by, by leaving her alive and ends up God, God will use it. For, for a blessing. So, so just a spoiler alert here, if you have not read Job, in the end, the Lord gives Job twice as much as he had before. Now, if you read Job, you know that he had a lot to begin with. And so when, it, when he gets double the portion, he's got thousands upon thousands of, of the oxen, of the donkeys, of the camels, of the sheep, of the, you know, and then he's got more servants. And then he gets the seven sons and the three daughters back that he lost. And, and the scripture tells us that he dies being old and full of days. It said that he got to, he got to watch his son, I think it's 140 more years after, after he goes through this trial, after he goes through this storm, he lives another 140 years and gets to see his sons, his son's sons, and his son's sons, his grandchildren. He gets to see them be born and be raised and, and have a great life, all because he continued to trust in the Lord. He continued to say that no matter my circumstance, no matter what I'm going through, yes, I experience loss, but God, you are still great. You are still mighty. You are still the provider, and I still worship you and praise you. Hallelujah. We can look at the life after Job's storm and think, yes, that would be nice. I would love to be blessed by God just like Job. I would love to have my, my resources doubled. I'd love to have the, the grandchildren and be able to be in good health and, and live days and, you know, pass away being old and full of days. You know, he didn't die of being trampled by an animal or someone else taking his life. He was old and full of days. He died of old age. He got to experience life. Something that, the, that Satan thought he was going to take from him. And he got to experience in the latter part of his life. Hallelujah. Praise God. I thank you, Jesus. But we have to look at what Job endured to get there. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to go through everything Job went through. It, there's no way in my life that I would want to go through that just to experience the blessings that Job had. But it does help me to understand that I, too, can get through whatever storm that I am in. If Job can get through losing everything that he had, because we come to find out that his friends weren't even really friends in the moment either. Because they telling him, well, you know what? You actually must have sinned. You must have done something wrong. There's no way that all of this is going to befall you without you doing something. So they didn't believe him. So it just ended up being more negativity into his life than what he really so he ended up being by himself for the for the good portion of his storm he had nobody else to rely on so it helps me to understand that i too can make it make it through a storm job could have easily said you know what i can't take it anymore but he didn't he continued to praise the lord and after he even lost everything he worshiped he worshiped the lord because he held on just a little longer, 
right? Because if he didn't give up, he, he had to continue to hold on. Because he held on just a little longer, he was able to see the blessing. I'm here to tell someone tonight, just a little longer. That thing that you don't want to hear in the middle of your storm, that little phrase that just might send a little nerve in your mind, in your body that says, don't talk to me like that. I don't, I don't want to hear that. Just a little longer. If you give up now, you may never see the blessing that is waiting for you. If Job gave up in the middle of the storm, he never would have. He would have went ahead and cursed God like his wife had told him to. He would have never have gotten to experience his grandchildren, experience his children being raised again, experience, um, you know, everything and being dying of old age. He would have never got to experience that again if he had just given up. So don't give up. I know that's easier said than done, right? Words, talk is cheap, as they say. Actions speak louder than words. We can go with all the phrases, right? But James, of course, we know the book of James, and, and I like James. He's got a good name, you know. But, uh, but, but there's just something to be said. But I don't know. He's, kind of, he's, a, he's a cool dude, I guess. But uh, James 1 makes it sound really easy. Because if we read James 1, 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy. <laughs> boy, oh boy. When ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Right? So he doesn't say, he doesn't just stop at count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. He doesn't stop there. Although, you know, if we, we, I think we quote that oftentimes and, you know, someone's going in, going through something and you're like, count it all joy. You count it all. You know what? You just, just smile. Just smile. That's all you have to do. It's really simple. Okay. It, Cause it doesn't matter what's going, man. It's so easy to tell somebody that, like I said earlier, when you're on this side of it, when you're not in the middle of a storm, because you know, you've been through your own battles. You've been through your own trials. That is something you don't want to hear because it does not sound very easy at all. That's the last thing you want to do. But I tell you what, I like the way the message version words this James. James 1, 2, and 4 in the message cert, in the message version says, Consider it a sheer gift. Aw, it's Christmas time. We like gifts. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. And boy, does it feel like they do. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Man. The message version has a way of putting it in layman's terms for us to understand. Because the, the thing that sticks out to me is don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Amen. You guys can go ahead and stand with me our musicians can come it says don't try to get out of anything prematurely because like I said earlier when we are in a difficult season we just want it to be done and over with we're not worried about a lesson that we're gonna learn we're not worried about how much stronger it's gonna make us we're not worried about what's gonna come next after that that I need to be ready for 
we just want this storm because I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like the pain that I feel. I don't like the sorrow in my soul. I don't like the battle that I'm facing, whatever it may be. I don't like it. I just want it to be over. But if we rush through that season, just as the James said, if we rush through that season, we may not be as strong or prepared for the next difficult season that is inevitably going to come. Because we know that no season lasts forever. We done talked about that. And that every season, it's going to come. We, we have four seasons, right? You're going to experience every season. Sometimes we experience all four seasons in a day here in southern Illinois. And, and I mean, sometimes in our walk with God, we may experience that too. Amen? But if we rush through that season, we're not going to be ready for that next season to come along. We may not be mentally strong for the battle we're getting ready to face. We, not, we may not be physically strong for what's getting ready to come at us. So wait just a little longer. God has a plan and purpose for each and every one of us. Now, all of our plans and all of our purposes are not the same. You are not meant to do what I'm meant to do, and I'm not meant to do what you're meant to do. But we are all one body. We, just as the body has many members, we are all one body. I, you can be a toe. I can be a, the small toe that just seems to be little to nothing. But we're all one part, and we don't want to be lacking any part of the body. We are all in some season of life right now. Because the Bible says to everything there's a season. We are all in some season right now. Some of us may be in the same season. Some of us may be going through the same thing right now. Some of us may be experiencing a loss at the exact same time. Some of us may be facing some mental battle. You know, depression. Whatever it may be, we may be facing that. But of course, we, we don't share those things. Or you may have gone through a battle that somebody else is going through right now. And that you are there to get them through that battle. Amen? This altar is open tonight for any who will. I just want to encourage someone not to give up. The adversary is going gonna, is gonna to try and discourage you any way that he can to just give up that no matter what you do you have gone too far you have done too much sin in your life there is no sense in even repenting because it's not going to make any bit of difference it doesn't matter what god did on calvary it doesn't matter for the blood that was shed because you are not worthy of the salvation that he is trying to give you but just a little longer you are not alone no matter what the adversary tries to tell you, you are not alone. Your blessing is on its way. If you hold on just a little longer like Job, your blessing is on its way. It may not be financially. It may not be whatever, you know, however it is. It may be just a mental blessing that's coming your way. It may be some relief in your spirit. It may be a renewal of the Holy Ghost. It may be just, just something that nobody else is privy to, but your blessing is on its way. Trust and believe in the Lord that he has what you need. Hallelujah. Can we just talk to the Lord right now? Lift up your hands and just speak to him. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. God, we thank you for your word. 
Lord, we thank you for your message, God. Lord, we thank you for what you have spoken, God, into our lives. God, Lord, I want to hang on just a little bit longer. God, I don't want to give up right now in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of whatever I am going through because I know, God, my blessing is on its way. I know, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for me, God. Lord, I will hang on just a little bit longer, God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.